This is an Equity Beats Media podcast. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Interest rates are higher. I know people don't like that, but you should be welcoming a stronger economy. Maybe a deal has a point about the machinery of capitalism being oiled with the blood of the workers. The United States is a country that has always paid all of its bills. Lannister always pays his debts. Don't let the bastards get you. Hello and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam and we're joined as always by my little older brother and real-life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Yeah, g'day, Adam. How are you going? Oh, doing really well, thank you. Thomas, your uh, little poetry project that you've been talking about the last couple of weeks uh, is finally live, live, live. Mm. Uh, I had a look today at Library of dot love mm. library of dot love we'll put a link in the show notes as well as on our link tree uh which you can find on instagram nice to see it up thomas yeah. uh kind of an an advent calendar of poetry is that what we're looking at here? yeah yeah taking people on a, a, a journey of poetry looking at some uh, lovely old poems as a way to prepare for the new year yeah nice yeah. um yeah we, I think in the past we've only ever asked people to rate and review the show. But uh, if you like what we're doing here and you want to support uh, support Thomas, who, who, look, it's probably no surprise to anyone, does exponentially more work for this show than I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what exponential means. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's that kind of insight. <laughs> that you won't get on any other show. Um, so if you were looking for a way to support Thomas, particularly, uh, you know, as we're heading into Christmas and times are tough in the Kylie household, um, I think that that would be a great way to do it. So uh, if you like poetry, if you're looking for a gift for a, a loved one, for your mom or your grandma uh, or anyone who's a lover of uh, linguistics, can I say that? Yeah, yeah. Sure, there we go. Yeah. Uh, then uh, head over to libraryof.love. Uh, but Thomas, mm. we've got a massive show coming up as always. Could the mortgage cliff be more of a mortgage bluff? Mm. Now, Thomas, I want you to pause and just see what I did there. Mm. A bluff being like, you know, it might not be what it seems, but a bluff, also a type of cliff. Oh. So if anyone ever quotes us in the future, bang on, correct. Wow. I know. It's uh, deep. Hey? Yeah. Who, says, who says I don't bring exponentially <laughs> less? <laughs> uh, WA homeowners are rushing to list their houses on Airbnb after the WA government announced they'd pay $10,000 to remove them. And DoorDash set to launch the slower, budget-friendly DoorJog service for those customers who don't want to tip. But first, Thomas, I tried to call you last Wednesday. Why you not answer my calls? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that, w- that would make sense if I was on the Optus network, but I'm not. Mm, uh, uh, it was all over the news last week, of course, the Optus uh, outage uh, what happened? Yeah, so Optus announced their end-of-year results on Thursday and to celebrate uh, plunged the nation into chaos on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, God, imagine having to mm. yeah, try, try to get any cover, good news stories out of your results on Thursdays after mm, that. True. Mm. Yeah, people searching Optus result. 
<laughs> Overwhelmingly negative. Um, people are saying it's a people are saying it's a PR disaster as much as anything. Uh, why? Yeah, they are. Why are they saying it's a PR disaster? Uh, I think because it is. It's people are furious. It has been handled pretty badly. Like, yeah, it's yeah. It's hard to say anyone's saying that Optus did a good job of of managing this. Well, one one the CEO Kelly Bayer Rosemarin came out and did two interviews with local radio. Mm. So did an interview with ABC Sydney or something, and then another one a, com- a commercial channel in Sydney. And so it's like, why aren't you doing a press conference? Like, why this is kind of like a national issue? Yeah, but you could they couldn't they couldn't dial in the other news outlets because the internet was down. <laughs> yeah. So. So where are you going to do the press conference? What you go do it in Sydney, and then only people in Sydney get to watch it because because the the Wi Fi didn't work. (laughs) But no, you 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 call a you call a press conference. Mm. You're Optus. It's a national outage. Mm. It's epic. It's in at the beginning of your workday. Like call a press conference. Every every channel in the country will send send someone there to cover it, and and you you talk about it mm. so that's the first thing one one it was like this really narrow casting of the message the second was then her, the ex, there was no explanation and she didn't even try to give an explanation saying it's a very technical explanation mm. for what happened there is no soundbite that's going to do it justice so we're going to figure it out and get back to you it was kind of what it was which is also it's like I probably get that like it's probably something so technical like i'm going to have no idea still felt like People just wanted it. Just let felt people didn't give people a feeling like they had any idea what was going mm. on. I did hear hear her say that it wasn't spyware. Just she's she's gone right. with a phrase coined in about two thousand and three, when you used to download right. <laughs> little shareware <laughs> utilities from the internet. Uh, so we often yeah, called them spyware right. back in the day, but I haven't heard the term spyware. Cyber attack, more of your sort of um, current vernacular. Said it wasn't spyware, so that was comforting to shareholders and <laughs> <laughs> customers alike. <laughs> we've, we've done some investigation, and it wasn't a Trojan. She did. She did say that. Follow that up, saying she got an email from McAfee saying the virus <laughs> protection had expired, and they're just going to update that. Uh, yeah. So PR disaster. Yeah. So PR disaster. Yeah. And then also it created a target that everyone mm. jumped on board. So the the government then jumped on board, and and they were saying, oh yeah, people are people are definitely, you know, deserve compensation for this, and that's and that's become a story that you know, and and well, they're going to get it. Well, they got two hundred gig worth of data. You know, there were a lot of small businesses. Yeah, small businesses lost a day's worth of income, but they've got a hundred dollars worth of free data. Free data. Yeah, I did see too that it's opt in. So not only people people yeah. typically don't use their data allowance each month anyway, and that now even with the free data, you've still got to go and opt in for your free data. So I don't know. I, I encourage everyone to go and opt in, get your free data, and just stream CVE on different devices to boost our our downloads. That's probably the best use of of that opt in data. So is that where they get the name Opdus? From hop dust. <laughs> well, there's a little marketing opportunity yeah, there, right? <laughs> hop dust. Hop. Opt in with hop dust. Hop um, so, what's the government got to say about all this? Well, well that's what they're saying that they deserve compensation, and this is the sort of thing everyone's saying, like, oh yeah, we deserve compensation, and 200 gig is not enough. But it's also like, unless you've got a service level agreement, right? You're not. 
actually entitled to compensation, I don't think. If you run a business, you have a that's what a service level agreement is, isn't mm. it? Like it's like if yeah. there's an outage, we get compensation. Yeah. Like I don't think your average small business or your average consumer has that kind of agreement with Optus. Like there's no otherwise there would be a very clear this is this is the compensation that they're liable for. Mm. But but that, so that's so that's sort of not clear. But then the government saying was out there saying you know there's a there's saying yeah people deserve money, which is a very popular message. People are like oh yeah the government's backing me on this. But like are they going to? I think is the government going to enforce that? Are they going to do anything? Like I don't know. Like it's not clear to me that that you know even there's a class action that are available there. No, it's just a it's an outage. Mm. I do wonder at what point we're going to get to where internet you know whatever it is. Is a utility like mm. water and electricity yes. and gas? Yes. Yeah. Well, this is this is this is the thing that yeah. So the government then announced that telecommunications is being added to the list of critical infrastructure, like oh, okay. like there hospitals and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Fixed. <laughs> You're ahead of the, ahead of the curve on that one. You're ahead of the curve behind the news. <laughs> <laughs> there's a new. There's another tagline for our show. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's being added in, and that and that means there'll be, um, yeah, like fines. Mm. They talk, but they're, then they're talking about fines of like two hundred thousand dollars for for a big outage. But it's like, uh, it's not much. It's not much, right? Like you know, weighing that up as Optus is like I could buy three full time IT employees, maybe, or I could just let there be outages and cop a fine. Yeah. So like, is that like worth about three terabytes of data? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two hundred thousand dollar outage. Do you mind if we pay it in data? <laughs> <laughs> We're giving the government free data. Yeah, Ozgov can have free data all day, all day. <laughs> they got to opt into it though. Okay, Thomas. The big banks reported their end of year results last week. How'd they go? Yeah, depends on how you look at it. From one perspective, from the sort of average citizen perspective, they're crushing it. Um, NAB's profit seven point seven billion, up nine percent. Westpac seven point two billion, up twenty six percent. ANZ seven point four billion, up fourteen percent. CBA was only up five percent, but they were up to ten billion. So that's right. a, that's in a single year you're talking about. Mm. So it's like multiple billions to it, most consumers. I feel like would be pretty. You'd be pretty pleased with that result, but. As we've learned on this show, not always the case. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so, so, in that level, you know, they're still crushing it. But second half of the financial year was slower than the first half. Uh, margins are getting compressed. Yeah, but it's like a that's sort of what you expect in a in a slowing economy. Right. There are a couple of interesting things that jumped out. Look, the first is that ANZ reported last, and the CBA, NAB, and Westpac before them mm. and the others were saying like we're seeing compression in our mortgage margins because one of the big four is being really aggressive and offering cheap mortgages in an order to boost market share ah. and we weren't sure who that was until <laughs> it was like ANZ were last like yeah it was us <laughs> like musical chairs <laughs> surprise it was us all along so, so ANZ's, ANZ's in the middle of a gamble where they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're dropping their mortgage rates, which is compressing their margins on, on mortgages, which is like dropping their profit uh, levels. And it was a bit, was below analyst expectations. 
But ANZ saying like, well, bear with us. We're just trying to boost market share and see how we go. So, so ANZ's rolling the dice on that one. So they, we don't know if it's working yet like, or is that that's to come? It's boosting volumes, but whether you can then boost margins on the back mm. of that to, to rebuild profitability is, is yeah. sort of the gamble, I guess. So like there is that, you know, they're offering discount rates in order to get people in and then hoping that they stay once rates normalize. <laughs> yeah. Seems, yeah. Seems to be the gamble that they're taking. The old bait and switch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so cheap mortgages are set to continue. The other interesting thing that came out of it was um, Westpac and NAB offered some comment on hardship and how, how many, how many pe- people were falling behind in their repayments and those sort of things. Mm. Um, and the general story is not many. Like everyone's huh. holding up pretty well. Yeah. Why is that? Like, I guess because oh, we haven't seen all the rate hikes pass through. Yeah, where it is stressed is still pretty pretty small. There's sort of a bit of a bit of people have buffers that they're sort of eating into first. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's picking up. Is it wages at all? Like, I mean, wages haven't been keeping pace with inflation no. we talked about, but wages have been going up to some extent. So, is people just finding some extra extra yeah. income? Uh, don't I don't think that that's really it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I think I think there's there's just sort of yeah still flush, and until there's unemployment, people will sort of find find a way to sort of mm. just work around it. But yeah, but Westpac said that they've got thirteen thousand two hundred fifty three accounts in hardship, out of a portfolio of more than three million, so pretty small, pretty small right. number. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then NAB, NAB had some interesting things to say about like the home mortgages rolling over from fixed rates. So this this mm. fixed rate mortgage cliff we've been talking about, and yep. saying that they've been they've been really focusing in on the 2021-2022 vintage of loans, mm. um, and saying like yeah, the, the COVID loans between August twenty nineteen and July twenty twenty two, there's one hundred forty five billion dollars mortgages originated. That's forty three percent of the total. But we've been looking at them and seeing that group, testing that group, and they've been performing the same as any other cohort. Right. So, so even though they borrowed at the, the lowest rate and then they've been hit the hardest, presumably, by the rate rises, mm. they're, they're dealing. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, their arrears yeah, percentages are, are the same as any other cohort. So mm. not, showing up, no, not showing up any stress there yet. All right, cool. Let's take a break here, grab a word from this week's sponsor and be back with more CVE right after this. <laughs> 
um, and you put a tenant in there for 12 months, mm. the government's going to give you $10,000. If you put just, a tenant in there for 12 months on Airbnb? No, no, oh, no. Oh, right, no. You, you take, take it off. Take it off and put, it, and, put a, and put a renter in there. Put a renter in there for, for a year, you get $10,000. Oh, I thought it was just that if you took it off, <laughs> like you, you would get ten grand. Like they just didn't want like the listing on there for some reason oh, right. and you just get 10 grand. I thought you'd just rip it off Airbnb and stick it up on stays <laughs> and cash in 10,000. But that's not, that yeah. makes more sense. There's some, there's some government. This isn't the COVID payment handout <laughs> situation. No, yeah, yeah. They're putting some thought into this one. Yeah. Yeah, some. Right. Yeah, some thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so presumably this is the deal with the rental crisis. Yeah, this is this is what they're saying. This is what they're saying. Also, like a lot of the a lot of the, the a lot of the languaging seemed to be a bit of a flex. They're saying like, unlike indebted Victoria, uh, we don't oh. we, we can offer incentives to people because um, <laughs> we got that mining dollars, baby. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. They got a three point three billion dollars surplus for coming financial year. <laughs> Is it also like, <laughs> right. yeah, come on, you're taxing companies that dig up dirt. Like, mm. It's not sophisticated accounting. Mm. Yeah, still. But also still like. Hate is going to hate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like really we, this, you know, we're paying people who hoard homes to stop them hoarding homes. It's like, mm. I, yeah. I don't know, like it's pretty icky to me. Well, is, a, is the idea that they would have made $10,000 on Airbnb and so the government's saying, look, we'll give you the 10K instead and you give, mm. you give a renter somewhere to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so the, then that, yeah, that's, that's, that's the idea. I, don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's been more irresponsible spending in, from, from governments <laughs> in the past. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they've, 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 they've only allocated $2.7 million. It's not a huge scheme. Mm. So that, that's 270 houses that they're hoping to qualify. Yeah. You do wonder if that changes the the equation for many people. Mm. Like it'd be interesting to see how many people take that up. The Commerce Minister Sue Ellery saying they'll be happy if they get fifty. Mm. Right. It's, it seems like a good deal, but maybe maybe people don't want renters. Like, I think especially if you own a holiday house, say, mm. then you don't want you don't want a permanent renter in there because you'd probably want to use the holiday house yourself. So if it's Airbnb. You kind of short-term stays, people can, you know, you rent it out mm. a lot of days of the year. But then if you ever want it, you, you've always got it there. You can't just sort of, you can't go into yeah. your tenants and go, can you guys take off for the weekend? We'd like to use the beach yeah. house. Yeah. That happens in in Byron Bay, actually. I've got a friend who rents a place oh, yeah? on the understanding that they'll get out of, get out for a week, <laughs> go camping or something <laughs> when the owners want to come and. Come and hang out there. <laughs> it doesn't get any more Byron Bay contract than that. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But this is also this is also the grey area in, in all of this. Mm. Is like people when people talk about this Airbnb and stays and the short term industry's response is always like, oh no, it's just like mum and dads with a a garage out the back that they're lending lending out, and you know, and then the other people say like, yeah, no, nah, like there's full, you know, there's a full industry set up around permanent rentals and like you know you have airbnb management companies and all of that these are not homes right they're not homes they're just like small hotels yeah okay they're they're constantly available and and maybe the owners come and stay a night or two but 
for all intents and purposes that they're acting like a hotel. But what we don't know and what we don't have data on is like what share that is, like how that balances out. We know some are full-time rent, full-time holiday rentals. We know some are homes that have a room or a, a garage that gets let, let out, but we don't know where that balance is. And so it's kind of hard to like nail the policy prescription where you don't know what, what, what actually problem you're trying to deal with. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to because a lot of these tech platforms they make they make it kind of fun and engaging and and sort of you know interesting. You kind of want to get get involved. So I think maybe we could change some of the language around renting and not make it renting anymore. It's a pretty old kind of boring term. Mm-hmm. If we called it like if we said it was a like a home as a service and just mm. made it like a subscription, <laughs> like a. <laughs> <laughs> it's not renting it's a you subscribe to home for you know four hundred dollars mm. a week and maybe we could stand a chance of competing yeah. <laughs> all right thomas finally on the show we're looking at doordash uh in the u.s have a plan to boost worker wages that sounds like good news finally a positive story this week i feel like it's been a bit doom and gloom what's going uh, on with doordash how are they helping yeah no they're not they're not this is, this is another story that makes me angry <laughs> so, so now if you, if you order doordash mm. and you enter zero as the tip amount mm-hmm. in in the when you pay and at payment, yep. you get a pop-up window saying um, orders with no tip might take longer to get delivered. Are you sure you want to continue? <laughs> orders that take longer to be accepted by dashes tend to result in slower delivery. Uh, so they're saying, oh, not that the delivery will take, like the driver's going to drive slower. Slower. They're just, <laughs> just going to be like, uh, uh, if, I'm, if I'm faced with a choice of, this order that has a tip and this order that has no yeah. tip, then I'm going to choose yeah. the one that doesn't have a tip. Yes, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's what they're doing. Do the drivers get the yeah. tips, or does the tip go into the DoorDash tip jar and then get distributed out? Yeah, well, this is the funny thing: is that a few years ago, DoorDash just took all the tips and then just paid the drivers a flat wage, right? And everyone went like, yeah, that's not actually how tips work. But tips also don't work ahead of time either. Like normally the tip is like for services rendered and like if you've had a pleasurable yeah. experience. And I know it's a different culture and different tipping culture in the States. But here at least you kind of go, oh, I'm going to give that person a tip because the service I received was excellent. It's not like mm. as you're placing your order for dinner, you're like, and why don't you put another $5 on the on my main? Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's also like if you're paying for it to be quicker, what happens if it's not, not quicker? But you're not. You know, like I tip 10%. It's, you're paying, you're not paying for, it's not, they're not saying you pay, you'll get it quicker. You'll just get slower if you don't pay. You have no recourse there at all. Yeah. Yeah, scam. And this is this is this is the theory of where tips comes from as a word, right? Mm. Like it's an acronym for to ensure prompt service. Really? That's a lie. Yeah. Really? No, it's apparently apparently I think it was cafes in India back in like eighteen hundreds used to have a little box and to said to, to ensure on. prompt ins- service. Doesn't ensure start with an E? Insure like you're not Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 you're not, you're not <laughs> taking out coverage on the delivery <laughs> of your <laughs> <laughs> I would like some meal insurance, please. Yeah, right. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Snopes has busted that theory, apparently. <laughs> oh, don't believe everything you read on the internet, Thomas. So you might be academically educated, 
But I'm from the streets, and I can smell a, I can smell bullshit a mile off. Yeah, no good. Yeah, Snopes has busted that one. I need to update mm. my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Like it, to me, it's like well, this is the other thing. Like the the CEO, like when he's like, okay, they they reverse that after public outcry said, okay, we're going to make sure that the drivers themselves get the tips. Mm. And he says, okay. we thought we were doing the. This is the CEO Tony Zhu. Uh, we thought we were doing the right thing by making dashes whole when a customer left no tip. Uh, what we missed was that some customers who did tip felt like their tip mm. didn't matter. So, th- like, it's just right. like, okay, we, we're making dashes whole. Okay, we're making sure dashes get enough, mm. like, enough money, the right amount of money, but like, and we're and we're we're managing the risk of not getting a tip. Mm. Right, like so, like so. One is unless unless customers tip, dashes aren't making enough money. They're not getting paid what with what they're worth. Right, yeah, but that's standard in the states generally, isn't it? Though? It is, like but they it's a pretty say, yeah, it is. Yeah. But what it what it does, like what a tip system does, where it does go to the to, and, may, and maybe you maybe the intention there is right. I doubt it, but the way it works is like if you're a, in a tipping industry, you wear the risk of people not tipping or tips going up and down with economic conditions. You know, mm. things get tough. Maybe pe- you, people used to tip 20%, they start tipping 10%. So you, pu- you push all that risk onto the workers, yep. right? So I don't know. Like, I, like the, whole, the whole concept of tipping makes me pretty angry. And the other thing is mm. like you're kind of commodifying basic human manners and consideration. You know, like mm. I'm going to tip my waiter or my waitress because she was really nice and she smiled and she asked me how my day mm. was. And it's like, yep. yeah, I'm a good customer. I'm smiling and I'm asking, you know. I'm polite. I'm not expecting payment for that, you know, basic human interaction. Mm, yeah. And I think especially so my wife Anna works uh, with kids with autism and there's a growing sort of awareness around neurodiversity and stuff and people don't necessarily want that anymore. <laughs> like I think we're, we're kind of, I don't think we should be rewarding necessarily as a society smiles and eye contact and things like that because it actually makes a lot of people feel pretty uncomfortable. So I, there would be some people who would pay to not have that. Right. So let's yeah. not put a price on it. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's for me, like I don't know if this is the economist speaking, but like if this is mm. central to the business model and, it's, mm. and there's an actual transaction there, like to get to ensure prompt service you need to pay a little bit extra, Make that mm. part of the fee, and then I know I know what I'm getting, and I know where I stand, and like don't like I feel like it's sort of like it's just so vague, and I feel like it's a it's a way to push the risk onto the workers, and it's kept really vague and and not clear. But it's been dragged from the it's been dragged from the dark ages of of that like it's it doesn't translate to the internet door mm. delivery service at all. Like it came from a face-to-face in the restaurant and, and service that you'd get. Mm. And, you know, we talked about having it, you know, tipping after the fact. This whole concept of tipping upfront at the point you're placing an order online through your smartphone mm. without any interaction with anyone, like at, what are you tipping for at that stage of the transaction? Yeah, yeah. Like great website, loved it. Um, <laughs> here, have yeah, yeah. extra $3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what if your dasher just drives by and throws your food in the window? <laughs> Uh, here's your stir fry (laughs) Uh, still it was quick it was fast (laughs) 
Uh, all right, let's leave it there. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, yeah, we hope you, you'll join us next time. Don't forget to check out Thomas's poetry project, libraryof.love. Uh, you'll find it on the internet. Uh, you don't even have to leave a tip. Thank you so much once again. We'll catch you next time on Comedian versus Economist. But for us, it's bye for now. Comedian vs. Economist is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Comedian vs. Economist are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Comedian vs Economist acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.